If you have your Bibles, I'm going to be reading today out of Galatians, the fourth chapter. You're welcome to stand with me if you would like. I'm reading from verse 8 down through verse 12. Galatians 4, 8 through 12. How be it then, when ye knew not God, ye did service unto them which by nature are no gods. Now I'm aware we're picking up in the middle of a chapter here and a conversation that, it, that is going on with, with Paul and uh, the Galatia, those of, of Galatia. And I'm, I'm pulling a, a few verses out, but don't, uh, don't fret because if you know me well enough, I'll go back and, and we'll build into this. But I just didn't want you to have to stand while I read all of it today. So you can thank me later. Amen. Howbeit then, when you knew not God, ye did service unto them which by nature are no gods. But now, after that ye have known God, or, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? Ye observe days and months and times and years, and I am afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. I could, I could just eliminate all the other stuff around that we're going to talk about today, and I, and I could take that one thing, verse 11, and tell you that for the majority of, of pastors that I know, ministers in general, that I have connection with and, and have had deep conversations with, I can tell you that one thing that, that never gets revealed but is there is exactly what Paul is saying, that many and most of the time, as a minister, we are afraid that the labor, the time, the effort, the energy that we pour into people, it's fearful when you began to think that it was just in vain. That, that someone else may have come along that would have received all of the effort you put forth. And you think about the time invested and how it could have been focused toward a different individual. And, and Paul is saying this to them. He said, I'm afraid that a lot of my effort with you has just been in vain because I'm not seeing the growth. I'm not seeing the change. I'm not seeing the maturity. I'm not seeing the, the understanding. And he, he's really transparent here, okay? And I hope that you see that. He said, brethren, I beseech you. He, he turns, he, right after making this statement of, I'm afraid that, that it's all in vain, he, he turns right around, and this is what many ministers will do, is we turn right around, and even though the reality is it looks like this isn't taking effect and, and no good is being done here, I beseech, he said, I beg of you, I beseech you, be as I am. 
He, he, he said, listen, it may not be working for you and, and you haven't heard anything else that I said and this isn't taking effect in your life, but I beg of you, if you don't get anything else, be as I am, he said, for I am as ye are. He said, I'm just like you. Don't look at me as someone different. Don't look at me as someone special. Don't look at me as someone that has a, a, a superpower or some, some different human makeup, if you will. He said, I'm just like you, and I'm asking you to be as I am. And he said, you have not injured me at all. I'm going to be really forthright with you and open and, and revealing if I can. When people leave that I've poured time and energy into, when they leave, I don't sit day after day pining, stressing, freaking out, worried, overwhelmed. Oh my God. If I do that, then I am doing an injustice to anyone and everyone else that is there and who God is sending. So some would say, well, it's insensitive, it's uh, cold-blooded, it's, it's hard-hearted. You call it whatever you want. But we've had, and I'm, I'm, when I say we, I'm talking about Lisa and I and all these years of ministry, we've had more people leave than stay. And we've had more people that I'm afraid all of my effort was in vain on than those that it really was life-changing for them. But even though the scales are a little bit off there, doesn't make me want to stop investing or loving or preaching or reaching for the next person. Amen? He said, he said, be as I am, for I am as you, but you haven't injured me at all. So some people think, oh, I got them back. You didn't get me back because I'm not doing this for you. At the end of the day, I love you. You mean the world to me. You're so special. Mama said I'm special. You, you are that person for me. But you know what? When the sun goes down tonight, Everything that I do is for Him. And if it works, it brings glory to Him. If it doesn't work, it still brings glory to Him because we did our best to try to make it happen. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. Now, here's what I'm going to preach. And you've got to help me, okay? And you're going to say, I love this. Are you ready? Last week, people were frustrated because I didn't give you a title. So I'm giving you a title this week. Are you ready? Here's the title. You're free, act like it. Tell your neighbor, you're free, act like it. All right, God bless you. You may be seated. <laughs> you're free, act like it. This week I talked with a buddy of mine that I grew up with. We've been friends since, uh, 
since our birth. Our mothers were best friends, and, and uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit older than him, just uh, months, days, weeks, minutes, I don't know. We're, we're, we're just, our age is really close, and our families have been close throughout our life, and when uh, much of my first couple of years of, of, of life was uh, involved a tremendous amount of sickness, um, my buddy, his mother spent a lot of time in our home and, uh, and held me, held me day after day because of a breathing condition, a bronical situation that I had. For the most part, I couldn't be laid down without smothering, so, so someone had to hold me most of the time to try and, and breathe. This was the first couple of years of my life, and the doctors had pretty much given up on me and said, he's not going to live and uh, there's nothing else that we can do. And, and so they had written me off. And my mother and her friend and others were, were there uh, day after day to do what they could to nurse me along. And, and ultimately, at the end of this, my father received his call into ministry. And when he accepted his call into ministry, God healed me completely. And uh, when, when that was a promise that God gave to my father that if, if you accept this call, uh, I'll heal your male child. And, and God spoke to him, I'll heal him this night. And when my dad said yes in his 30s to enter into ministry after being in the business world for many years, it was that very moment that my breathing changed and God healed me completely. But uh, leading up to that, uh, my buddy, his, his mother would spend a lot of her days there at our home holding me. So we've been friends a long time. And uh, I talked to him this week, and we talk often. And, and he is a, he's a deputy with uh, uh, Harris County uh, Sheriff's Department, and that's uh, where Houston is. And so Houston is in Harris County, uh, and he's been a deputy with them for many, many years. In fact, when I went off into ministry, he went off into... Um, this field, and he's been, he's been in that all of these years. So early on, when you are a, uh, a deputy, at least in um, Harris County, one of your first assignments is you get to work in the jail. And so instead of being out on the street and patrol and many other things, other units, you get to work in the jail with all of the wonderful folks that, um, that uh, checked in and are taking a few days off and uh, just, uh, you know, just happy about life and, and easy going. So really, you start out just on a vacation and then things get tough. Well, my buddy, since we've been close friends, he was like, man, you got you to come down here and, and go to the jail with me. Now, Harris County uh, Jail in, in downtown Houston, isn't, it's not a resort and it's not like going to, I've never been here, but I just use the word because it's what comes to my, it's not Club Med. I don't even, I've never been to Club Med, but anyway, it, that's not where it's at. And, and it's, it's at least in that time, it's overpopulated and um, it, it's just a challenging situation. So uh, I went with him and we'd walk the, walk the halls of the jail and people would have all kinds of wonderful greetings to offer you when you came by and, um, <laughs> and kind gestures and things of that nature. And, and it's just a pleasant experience. It was so pleasant that I decided I would take my young oldest nephew at that time and try to scare him straight. And, and uh, I think I did more damage than good because of the kind gestures and greetings that people were giving uh, this young team. But anyway... Anyway, 
Uh, it's, it's just not a place where you want to spend a whole lot of time. Uh, but he, my buddy James told me, he, he, after the fact, he was like, man, you will, I, I don't even understand this. And we, we'd talk a little bit about it. He said, I get off work sometimes and I, I leave the jail and I'm walking through the parking lot trying to get to my vehicle after a stressful however many hours. And he said, as we're leaving, as I'm getting out of there, people come up to me and sometimes in urgent manners, hey, boss, hey, boss, hey, boss, what, what, what? Lock me up, lock me up. What? We just let you out like two days ago. What, what do you mean? Lock me up, man. I can't make it out here. What do you mean you can't make I don't have anything to eat, and I don't have anywhere to sleep, and it's been rough the last two days, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Lock me up. And my buddy would say, man, I can't just lock you up. Uh, it doesn't work that way. We just don't, you know, check in. You, you. And he would say, man, I just don't get it. And we, we talked about it. And we're, this, is 30, this is 30 years ago of how people get into a routine and a mindset and a culture, if you will, that being locked up is better than being free. That, that you don't even know how to exist outside of that environment. You don't, you don't even, you, you're a grown man and you don't know how to find something to eat the last two days because someone hasn't been coming by saying, here's your whatever. You, you, you have nowhere to sleep. You don't even know where to find a place to lay down. So you're lottering around and hanging out here and getting into that. And Lock me up. Listen, listen, that is no way to live. It's no way to live. It, it doesn't have to be that way where people feel like it's better to be incarcerated than to be free, if you will. It's better to be in a situation where I cannot make any decisions on my own, if you will, and I don't have any choices, and this is just the way it is. Some people get comfortable in the environment like that. Now, I was thinking about how miserable that must be. And, and all those years ago, 30 years ago or so now, remember how shocking it was for me, but for some that, that, that maybe have experienced this or you have family that have been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've done everything in your power to help them see it a different way. You've done everything in your power to help them to understand it doesn't have to be that way. And what you've called uh, custom and comfortable, it doesn't have to be that way. There's something much better. There's something that can offer you a freedom that no way it even compares. This is, this, is, this is the first verse of Galatians 4. Paul says this, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. Now, Paul's trying to, to speak to them in a way that they will understand. And he said, here is an heir, and, and, and he's a child. This heir is a child. As long as he is a child, he differs in no way from a servant that's in the same home. He's of the bloodline. He's of the lineage. He's, he's there. 
He, he has the name. He has all of the rights, if you will, coming his way. He has the future. It's everything is set up. But in that place of immaturity as a child, he's no different from the servant that doesn't have the name, doesn't have the position, doesn't have the promise, doesn't have the future. They are equal, if you will, though he be Lord of all but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Saying this child is no different from the servants that are there because at this time he's under tutors, he's under governors, he's being taught, he's having to learn, he's growing, he's starting to understand, he has to figure this out. And as long as he is there... He's equal with servants even though He's Lord of all. Even though He has the whole home and everything, all possessions coming to Him as long as He's there until a time comes that is appointed of the Father. When He has, listen, when He has grown up, when He has matured, when He starts getting it, when He's no longer in a place of adolescence, if you will, mentally. Now he has matured. Now he understands. Now he's getting this. This makes sense. And so the father at an appointed time recognizes that there is no longer immaturity there, but now there is growth and maturity. And because of that, he's going to be moved from a place equal with servants to actually moving into a place of receiving what is rightfully his. This is what Paul is talking about here. He said, even so we, now he turns it and begins to speak to them, we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. He said we were children controlled by the elements of the world. He said, but when the fullness of time was come, do you see how he's, he's, he's drawing the parallel here at the appointed time of the father? The father could say no longer immature, no longer equal with servants, no longer just in this place of having no understanding, but I recognize now that my child is growing up and there's maturity here and so I'm moving him to a different place where he can begin to receive some of the benefits of being the son and not a servant and everybody say amen. Paul is saying we were just like that. He said we were in the world. We were controlled by the world. We were under the influence and elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, when that moment came, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. He said all of a sudden, when time was at its fullness, God sent forth His Son to make a way of moving us from immaturity equal with servant to moving us to a place where we could walk in sonship and not in control under the elements of the world. And he said, so here's what happened. He made a way for us, redeemed them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. We're not talking about, people say, oh, the Holy Ghost. So the Bible says that the Holy Ghost is the spirit of the son. 
the spirit of the Son, Jesus saying, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter cannot come. But if I go away, I'll send him to you. But not just send him to you, I'll come to you. Jesus was saying, you're not, you don't have to worry about being left comfortless. I'm coming to you. And now Paul is saying to us, we have the spirit of the Son living in us. Amen. In your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. I love, I love, I love how he explains this in the first part of Galatians 4. He's saying, Jesus made a way for us not to live in immaturity, ignorance, if you will, of spiritual things. He said, Jesus made a way for us to move from a place of being servants to the world to being sons in God. All right, I'm building, so you got to stay with me. All right, now... Here is who he's talking to. He's talking to Jewish individuals. If you go back in the scripture, you'll find that we're struggling with things like, why aren't these new people doing what these old people are doing? Why, where is circumcision and where is the worship of the, on that particular day? And why aren't they practicing the things that we grew up practicing? And the Jews are having a struggle trying to figure out why all this stuff we did before, how come they're not doing the same things? And this is what's going on. But I couldn't say all that till I explained the first part. So, so he's, he's talking directly to them. And he's trying to explain to them about circumcision. And he's trying to explain to them about worshiping and certain feasts and certain events and certain things that the Jews did that the Gentiles didn't do. And now these Gentiles are coming to faith in God and these Jews are figuring out why aren't they sacrificing like us and why aren't they doing this and how come they're not going through these practices. And he's explaining to them the truth of the matter is you were under governors and tutors and the law was that in your life because the scripture tells us that it was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. So he's trying to tell them there was a time that you were under governors, you were under tutors, and the law was teaching you, and you practiced those things because the law required them. You did that because the law said you had to do that. But in the fullness of time, hallelujah, God sent forth his son to take you from a place of being servants to the world. Oh, you're, you're, you're not getting it. Let me, let me back up. I heard someone say a long time ago, um, and I guess, I guess it's an, uh, a farming uh, uh, reference. Uh, he was talking about how uh, he felt his plow hit something, so he was going to back up and run over it again. So... Um, <laughs> That's kind of the way I feel right now. Some of you aren't getting this yet. My plow, Morgan, got hung up. Like, it, you know, California, you understand that. My plow got hung up. I need to back up and run over it again. Listen, what you had under the law was not complete freedom. 
What you had under the law was something that rolled your sins ahead for one year, did not eliminate them, did not do away with them, but you would have to face them again on the next year, on the Day of Atonement. Something had to happen for your sin. But he said, when Christ came, hallelujah, all of that rolling ahead was going to come to an end and there would be complete deliverance and complete removal and a complete help in your life. So the sins would not be rolled ahead. They would be removed. Amen. So he's, he's talking to them, helping them to to, to understand that they were under the law and that was their experience until Christ. But when Christ came, He took them from a place of being servants, if you will, to a place of sonship. God, help us to understand this truth. Help us to understand this concept in the Word. And then He goes forward, and here's where we read earlier, How be it then, when ye knew not God... Ye did service unto them, which by nature are no gods. You served the elements of the world. You served the things of the world who convinced you they had power. But he said they were not God, big G, they're little g. They, they, these were not powerful entities. These were not controlling, if you will. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick up a little bit where we were last week when I did give you the title. And, and I know, and they got upset at me. So that was last week. This is this is kind of like part two, but not really part two. But it's in it's in the same it's in the same line. He we was saying to them, you were bound by things that didn't have the power to bind you. You were being controlled by things that didn't have the power to control you. You were being your life was being dictated by things that you thought. You couldn't do anything about. But we found out last week that all power is of God. Amen. And Jesus said all power in heaven and earth is given in my name. He claimed all power. So the things that you were a slave to, the things that you buckled under, the things that controlled you were not things that really even had the power to do that. But you allowed them to do that in your life because you didn't know any different. So he's saying, now let me help you understand. I'm going to explain this to you. He's saying, unto them which by nature are no gods. But now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, I am a friend of God, I am a friend of God, I am a friend of God, he calls me... Who am I that you are mine? He said, it's not just about you knowing him. He's saying the, the real deal is he knows you now. That you're not just a servant, if you will, out in the field that someone picked up. You're a son that sits in the house. You, you, you're not just someone that wandered up on the farm. You're someone that lives in the house that he claims as his own. We ought to just sing, I am a son of God. I am a son of God. He calls me son. I'm not just his friend. 
He said, you're known of him. Not that you oh, oh, well, I, I know the Lord. See, the religious world is filled with people that know the Lord. But if I can say this and you understand where I'm coming from, he doesn't know them. Huh? Are, are, are you hearing me? He said, I never knew you. You did, you did all this in my name. You worked in my name, prayed in my name, gave in my name, operated in my name, prophesied. And so don't get confused when you look at a religious world and say, everybody is good to go. Look at all the great things they're doing. He said, there's many that will prophesy in my name, speak in my name, preach in my name, serve in my name, do all these things, but I don't know them. Has anybody ever tried to use your name? Stole your credit cards? Tapped into your bank account? Years ago, we were, we were uh, on a vacation and um, got a call, got a call about um, a delivery, a delivery that was going to be made at the place where we were staying and uh, someone needed to meet the, uh, the uh, UPS or whatever it was, the delivery uh, FedEx, meet them at the front. And we're like, okay, what is this delivery? You're clueless. We don't have a... Oh, yes, it's the purchases that you made. This is, this is pre-Amazon, pre-all the stuff. You know, it's way before that. We're like, we didn't, we, we're not expecting anything. Well, yes, you made purchases. Well, what kind of purchases are you talking about? Well, you purchased the, uh, a Sony um, video camera at uh, Sharper Image. You guys remember when Sharper Image was in the mall and all that kind of stuff? Well, so, yes, you purchased two Sony video cameras at Sharper Image. Oh, we did? And how much were those? Those were like, I don't, I don't know, hundreds of dollars, thousands. We're like, no, that, that wasn't us. Oh, the delivery's going to be made, so make sure you go down to the front and pick up. We, no, you don't understand. That wasn't us. We didn't buy two Sony video cameras at, at Sharper Image for X amount of dollars, and we're expecting them to be delivered at the front. That wasn't us. Well, you know what it's like trying to get stuff like that off your bill. People, you want to use your name. People want to use who you are. They, they, they want to steal your identity, take your influence, use it in ways that are, that are not productive for you, maybe for them momentarily, and then they get in the mindset of boss man, lock me up or whatever, because you're going and you're going to get caught. Here he is saying, you're known of him. He knows you. Not, not you just, well, I confess the Lord. Well, please understand, did He confess you? You accepted Him. Everything's great. Did He accept you? How do you know that? How do you know except He accepted you? Well, I just, really? You're going you're gonna to face Him? Well, I just thought. Wouldn't it be better just to obey what He said in His Word? Wouldn't it be better just to say, oh, that's what he wants me to do? I'll do it. Then you know you're accepted by him. But if you don't do this, 
You're taking a big, big chance to stand before him one day saying, but I confessed him when I'm eight and I've been living like a devil for the last 50 years, but we know they're in a better place today. Can't even tell you how many funerals I've been to and preached with people putting folks in heaven that hadn't even darkened the doors of a church in decades. Well, we found in a in a, in a camp when they were X amount of, that they confessed the Lord and they, they haven't even mentioned him for the last 60 years. Are you hearing me? This is, this is where, this is what he's dealing with and he's, he's getting to this. Realize that not only do you know him, but he knows you. I'm known of God. How turn you then? He said, then, if, 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 if this is the way it's working, how turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto you desired again to be? He said, do you want to be back in bondage? Do you want to go back to being a slave? Do you want to be surrendering to your life, your life to things that don't have the power to control you? Do you really want to live as an immature child and have no clue about what really belongs to you? He said, I'm trying to reason with you and plead with you. Do you want to turn again to the weak and beggarly elements where until you desire to be in bondage? Ye observe days and months and time and years and I'm afraid of you lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain he said I'm trying to preach to you that what Jesus Christ did for us far exceeded what the law did for you what Jesus Christ has done for you is taken you from a place of servanthood if you will to a place of sonship and when you're a servant nothing belongs to you but when you're a son everything belongs to you. When you're a servant, you have no promise of anything. But if you're over here, you have a promise of everything. He said, I think that I've been pouring in to people that are not getting it. You can live if you want to in this place. Lock me up, lock me up, lock me up because I don't know what else to do. Or you can live in this one. To say, I know who owns the cattle of a thousand hills. All the silver and all the gold. Every good and precious gift comes from the Father. I can live in sonship and say, so my job's playing out. He's got a better one for me. Amen. Oh, 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 oh. I had to back up and run over it again. My plow got stuck. Well, the doctor said this. Yes. But God, give him a chance. Give him a chance to step in and do what only he can do. Walk in this place of freedom. You're free. Act like it. Act like a son, not a servant. Act like one that is an heir, not one that is cut off. Act like one that has favor and blessing and has a God that's on your side, not someone with no hope. Don't fret around like one with no hope. You have hope. You're a son. This is, this is what he's trying to get through to them. Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as ye are. Ye have not injured me at all. Many people find themselves in the church 
slipping back into mindsets and lifestyles that reflect their past, not their present, nor their spiritual future. The thing that frustrates pastors is you see people who live with more confidence in the past than they do in the future. They have mindsets of yesterday and not what God is doing today and what God wants to do in your life tomorrow. You're free. Act like it. You're free by the blood of Jesus Christ. You've been set free. Water baptized in His name. Filled with His Spirit. Your life is different. Don't act like you're still in the world. In the world, you live in depression. In the world, you live in heartache. In the world, you live bound by all of these beggarly elements. He said, do you really want to go back to that? Or do you want to live in what has been given you and what has been promised to you? Everything belongs to you. You're an heir of God. Every promise, every miracle, every favor, every blessing, every moment of encouragement, God has that for you. I want you to live in it. I want you to walk in it. I want you to own it. I want it to be your very existence. Don't let your mind mindset be in yesterday let it be in the present and in the future of what God has for you I feel the Holy Ghost here right now I really feel his presence I, 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 I do my best to, to, to be honest with you and I think if I, if I get too honest with you I scare most of you but that's okay I don't claim to be perfect. Paul didn't claim to be perfect. He didn't, he didn't claim to have everything together and figured out and worked out. He didn't say, follow me because I'm perfect. Be like me because I'm the sterling example of this. <laughs> but in the area of spiritual progress, Paul did not let his past of being Saul keep him from growing in the things that God had for him then. He had all kinds of a shady past, but he didn't live in his past. He was focused on moving in spiritual growth. He said in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, this is what he said, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. He was just saying, I'm not telling you that I have everything perfect in my yesterday. Man, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. None of us would have made it through what Kavanaugh made it through. 99.9 of the preachers that I know could not sit on the Supreme Court. Let's talk about your past. Let's talk about all those stuff that you thought, no, really? Thank God for mercy. Thank God for grace. Thank God for... In the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son. 
made of a woman, made under the law. He made a way for us that I could have never made for myself, that I could have never turned around for myself. I could have never fixed it for myself. He did that for me. Why would I abandon what He's promised me to go back to who I used to be? I'm not that man, but I can tell you I was that man. I did say that. I did do that. I did think that way. I did act that way, but not anymore. I've been blood washed. Hallelujah. Spirit filled, water baptized. I'm a son of God, and I promise you I'm doing my best to follow Christ. So I say, follow me as I follow Christ because he wants you to live in favor. He wants you to live in abundance. He wants you to live in blessing. He doesn't want you to live in lack. But here's the thing, and I'm, cl- and I'm closing with this. I'm closing with this, all right? You have to determine to change your mindset. You can't think like past and live successfully in the present and hope for anything promising in the future. You have to change your mindset. You have to get out of jail. All right, you got the get out of jail card. Use it. You're playing the game. Use it. Use your get out of jail card. And don't sit around the Monopoly board saying, put me back in jail. Put me back in jail. I don't want any houses. I don't want any hotels. I I don't don't want any railroad. I don't want any of this stuff right here. Don't even put any money over here. Just put me back in jail. How dumb is that? I mean, would you want to play Monopoly like that? I have buddies that we'd stay up all night in the dorm in college, and we'd pay them. They'd say, man, I don't want to be out of the game. You don't want to be out of the game? No, man, let me keep your houses straight. Okay, here's 100 bucks. Keep my houses straight. I actually had college friends that would stay up all night playing Monopoly with us and their only responsibility was keep all my houses straight. They blew all their money, lost all their stuff. I don't want to go to bed. We only have class tomorrow. I want to stay up all night. What can I do? Keep my hotel straight. Okay, here's 100 bucks. (laughs) Keep them in the game. There are so many people that are living like that. The game isn't about staying in jail. The game is about taking over. And do you realize He wants to make you the head and not the tail? You are a son of God. You are an heir of promise. You have all that heaven can provide at your disposal. But if you live in this mindset, you will never enjoy what He has for you here. You're free. Act like it. Because you cannot just have a change of mind. More importantly, you have to live different. You can't live like a slave if you're a son. Oh God, I could preach the next six weeks on that alone. Some people that call vertical home still live like slaves. And God has already given you the opportunity to live like a son. You're free. Act like it. You're free. Act like it. What you used to not be able to control, you can now. What you used to not be able to get over, 
you can now. What used to trip you up and hold you down and keep you in prison, can't do it anymore. You're free. You're free. You're free. Let's stand together.